Father, we thank you for this moment. We have come that you may speak to us. And Lord, you have begun to speak to us in this service. We have begun to witness your presence among us. We ask, O God, that as we listen to you, may your voice come from heaven. May we not hear any man. May we hear you speak to us. May your word come expressly from from the throne of grace, so that our hearts may be circumcised unto you, and your name alone shall be glorified. We have come hungry, God feed us. We have come naked, God give us cloth to wear. We have come thirsty, God give us water to drink. We shall not go the same way as we came. Touch us at the very points of our needs, and let your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I think that today is a very beautiful moment that is not usually available to so many people in various churches. And so I want to thank God for today, the opportunity to worship Him in this chapel of His resurrection. And I can experience and I can now testify that here truly is the chapel of the resurrection power of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank God for the life our daddies in the Lord had actually prayed for the many blessings that the Lord had bestowed upon our lives. Counting from the beginning of the year till now. Counting from the first year of this chapel 13 years ago till now. God has been faithful. He has never disappointed us. And so we thank him in the name of Jesus. We count it God's favor. God's mercy. If not for him, the psalmist will say, if not for the Lord who has been on our side, if not for him, we would have been consumed. But the Lord has shown us mercy. Today, we have heard is the general harvest and the 13th anniversary thanksgiving service. It's not easy. A service like this gives us the opportunity to reflect, to look back, and count on all the blessings of the Lord upon our lives. When we were singing the hymn with which we did our collection, I was so happy because it coincided with the exact reason why we are here. To count the blessings of the Lord To name them one by one. Because, as I said earlier, if not the Lord who has been on your side, if not the Lord, I'm sure you wouldn't be sitting down here today. It's only by the mercy of God. Please tell your neighbor, it's by the mercy of God that we are living. Can I also tell you that it's also by the mercy of God that you are called a child of God. For sometimes we count our blessings on the measure of the materials we have received. But we don't count the blessings that we have because we are born again. We, don't for, we quickly forget that the price Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary for our redemption is much more than any other gift we can receive. It's a great gift. So as I was saying, this is an opportunity for us to thank God For the salvation that we have in his son. When he died on the cross of Calvary. He paid the price for my redemption. He paid the price for your redemption. 
He paid the price for our salvation. It was on the cross that Jesus crushed death. That Jesus crushed the self in us and made us whom we are today. And that is why we have all gathered under this roof to say, thank you Jesus for what you have done. Please can you lift up your hands and say, thank you Jesus. Can you say it with a conviction? It was such in the life of the people of Israel one time when the Philistines were disturbing them, persecuting them, troubling them. And the scripture said at a point, somewhere gathered the children of Israel at Mizpah. And he made an offering of a lamb unto the Lord. Just as we have come today to bring offerings unto the Lord. He prayed a prayer. After praying that prayer, the Philistines were still gathering their momentum, gathering their weapon, preparing to come and fight against the children of God. And the Bible said, as they were coming and the children of God were praying, the Lord turned that from heaven and caused confusion in the midst of the children of Philistia. And the children of Israel assumed an uncommon courage. To rise up and begin to pursue. Child of God, you shall rise up and pursue. You shall overtake. You shall recover all. So when they began to pursue the Philistines, the Bible said they made a much devastation of the Philistines. That the Philistines, they kept on killing them until they left no one. And the Bible said they came back. What interested me was that they did, they did not attribute their success to themselves. They said, thus far, the Lord has been our helper. Today, when you look back, you will see why you will say, thus far, it is the Lord and not by my strength. Praise the Lord. That you can find in First Samuel chapter 7 verse 12. But let's quickly move over to why we are here. I understand that the theme of this chapel for the year is prepare to meet thy God. Please can you say after me. Prepare to meet thy God. Can we say it once again? Prepare to meet thy God. Daddy, let me thank you for Allowing God to inspire you with this kind of topic. Really, do you see this type of topic these days along the banners in the streets? Only two days ago or three days ago, I was going down to the village with my younger brother who is also a pastor. And he quickly called my attention to one banner. And he said, brother, look, 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 I slowed down. He said, Christianity and Nagokwanambukao. I said, what do you mean? He said, read this banner. And when I read it, very beautiful topic. But the picture painted by that banner is completely different from what we understand from God's perspective about what is blessing. The man wrote, releasing God's blessings. Yes, God's blessings is important, are important to us. But quickly, in that banner is his picture. One, two, is bundles of dollars. Big cars. Big house. 
Releasing God's blessing for him is about money. Releasing big God's, God's blessing for him is about my house. Releasing God's blessing for him is not even ordinary naira, but dollars. It's really a pity. But here, the Lord in his mercy has directed us to all time Christian topics. Prepare to meet thy God. Some few months ago, when our daddy, the venerable Professor Chinedunebo, was dealing with this topic here, I incidentally attended one of the sessions. He dealt with it from the eschatological point of view, emphasizing the signs and the imminence of the second coming of Jesus. He was so detailed that I remember one young man asking a question here. I saw the young man carrying his heart in his hands, saying, Daddy, with all these revelations, what do we do? Those of us who are students, should we still continue as students? Those of us who are not married, should we still continue to go ahead and think about marriage? So that it did so much in exposing to us that the second coming of Jesus is imminent. The signs are almost completely fulfilled. I will not go into that area today. He has dealt with that. But let me remind us that it was Amos who was a prophet of God in Israel at a time when corruption and wickedness had overtaken the nation. At a time when evil, sin, injustice, idolatry was the, 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 the talk of the day. And so Amos began to prophesy without looking at the face of even the king. He began to speak to the Israelites and say, Israel, the day of the Lord is coming. The day of darkness and judgment. The day when the Lord will recompense each one according to his work. That day is not a day to laugh for those who have continued to live their lives in sin. But it's a day for rejoicing for those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. So when prophet Memos was prophesying, he said to the Israelites, as he's saying to us today, prepare to meet thy God. Today I will try to move a little bit away and talk about this from the perspective of the present realities, especially as we are preparing to meet our God with our thanksgiving. To meet our God with our appreciation. To meet our God with gratitude for all that He has been doing for us. What do we mean by this? Let's look at the scriptures. In the passage we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 and 2. For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Acha was ready. Please mark that word, ready. That Acha was ready a year ago and your zeal 
had provoked many, very many. Look at verse 4. Let happily, or let me read verse 3 and 4. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf. That as I said, ye may be ready. In verse 4 he says, Let happily if the Macedonians came, come with me and find you unprepared. Prepare to meet your God and find you unprepared. We, that we say not ye, should be ashamed of this in this same confident posting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What does it mean to prepare? I looked up the meaning simply from the dictionary. And it says to get ready. To get ready. Secondly, to arrange. To organize. And to plan to do something. So when we are talking about preparing to meet our God in this context, it is about getting ready. Just like the people of Akka, just like the people of Corinth, were ready a year ago. They didn't wait until it was one week. They didn't wait until it was one month. They didn't wait until it was one day. They didn't wait until they came to the church. They prepared one year ago. They were ready one year ago. They got some, themselves prepared. What does it mean to meet God? I see this very simply from the perspective of saying, coming before Him. Just like in the eschatological concept, we say, preparing to meet Him on the day of judgment. But today, we are talking about coming before Him with thanksgiving. Child of God, how prepared are you? How ready are you? Have you planned this thanksgiving a year ago? Or are you just seeing it as something that came by surprise? Or is it something that you didn't know that you will be doing? Or simply because it is an annual thing, we are going to do it and you never prepared for it. And the scripture said to us that the people of Achaia, they came to their God prepared one year ago. What do we prepare? I see two things we are going to discuss and by the mercy of God we will conclude. One is preparing our life as a gift unto God. And then number two, preparing our resources as a gift unto God. The Lord has spoken to us in this service. If not that this is our tradition as Anglicans and as a church, that you need to climb the pulpit in every service, I would have said, we have heard the Lord speak to us, we have sung, we have danced, we have rejoiced. Why not we just offer our thanks and go? But look at, the scripture says that God is interested not just in our materials, he is much more interested in our lives being offered unto Him. Our lives being given to Him. It is possible that somebody may be saying, we have heard this, all this while, but I was challenged 
Some two days ago, I was in the village on Friday for a burial of a very young man, a pastor in deeper life. And when the original pastor, provincial, I don't know the title, the provincial pastor in charge of Nkano Axis, was preaching, I was touched. What did he say? That some people think that every member of their church are born again people. Some people may think that every member or temple of his resurrection are born again people. It is not true. He said so, and I said, so these people could confess this before the public that not every member of their church is born again. And he said that there are people who pretend to be born again and they cover it with the name, I am deeper life. And so he said to such people that today is an opportunity for you to come back to Jesus and receive him into your life. You may be in this service a member of the chapel of resurrection, a friend of our dear father and God, Reverend Professor Sam Ike, a friend of one of these chap- chaplains, a friend of a member of the chapel, and then you use it as a cloak to cover yourself and say, I am born again. Incidentally, the word born again has become a very common word. People are even learning the language of Christianity today that they can say it. The other day I was watching a man on film, a man that I had seen play a part that is full of immorality. A man I I have seen play a part that was full of wickedness. The same man was playing a part of a very powerful man of God. And if you watch his language, his expression of himself, even in speaking in tongues, wow! you would think that this one received a very powerful, not only training from theological college, but also training from heaven. I said, these people are too much. He will do it very well. He will do it very well. He will do it very well. So it is possible also to learn how to be a pastor. It is possible to learn how to use the language of Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Because they will tell us, bless you. Bless you. We learn these languages. And when they say it, you will class them among those who are born again. It doesn't make anyone born again. Look at what the Bible said, and I would like us to read it. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. It is possible that somebody may be having a check of 10 million naira. That is not exactly it's not that God doesn't need that one million naira. But that is not exactly what God wants. God is interested, first of all, in our presenting ourselves. That was why Paul, the apostle, wrote to the Romans. And he's addressing us today and saying, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to present by the message of God, that you present your bodies. That you present yourself 
that you present your life first of all unto him. That is when that your one million, your ten million, your gift will be reasonable in the sight of God. Are you here? You have not once in your life surrendered your life to Jesus. Today is an opportunity for you. I said that I can't stand here as a privilege because I have never stood here before. And if I finish standing here without presenting Christ to you as the only source of joy and fulfillment, I will not be doing myself a favor. And I will not be fulfilling the reason why God gave me the opportunity of standing here. Child of God is not something that we say is, is a joke. No, it's not a joke. I think it was yesterday morning, we read in the Daily Fountain, those of us who use the Anglican Daily Reading Note, we read Colossians chapter 3 from verse 1. I didn't know how persuasive it came to my heart when I was sharing with my little children. The oldest of them is in just 1. And I was telling them, look, that your father is a pastor is not a license that you are going to be born again. That your mother is a pastor's wife, leading women in the church, is not a license that you are a born again Christian. That until you yourself have a personal encounter with Jesus, you may be a pastor's child and go to hell. I may even be wearing the collar and be answering venerable and go to hell. It's a matter of personal encounter with Jesus where you present your body as a living sacrifice. When you give your life to Him. My daughter asked a very strong question to me. And I quickly looked at Romans chapter 7. When she said, Daddy, what if somebody gives his or her life to Jesus? And the person is still finding himself or herself committing one sin or the other, telling lies, fighting, saying waka. I say, hey, that means you have said it with your mouth. Your heart has not been dealt with. But again, we are not talking about sinless Christianity, where when you become born again, you will never again fall into sin. And I took her to Romans chapter 7 and said, look, it is possible that somebody is having a struggle between the power of the flesh and the spirit of God in you. And it is the one that you allow to rule over your life that will be the master of your life. It is the one that you surrender to eventually that will determine the kind of person you are. Child of God, who is determining your actions. Is it the spirit of the living God? Is it yourself determining it? Jesus, through the apostles, Paul said to us, Therefore, brethren, I beseech you, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable, Unto God, which is your reasonable service. Something touched me when I quickly remember that this church is deeply involved in missions. 
And incidentally, I'm reading a work and doing some work on mission by Archdeacon T.J. Dennis, Thomas John Dennis, the man that translated or led the team that translated the Hebrew Bible at Ebu Onisha. Ebu Owere, sorry. Ebu Owere. He started his ministry at Onisha and then moved over to Owere. When I read about this man, something shocked me. In 1895, this man heard about the news of the death of another reverend situated at Lokoja, a reverend they call Reverend Whitney. When he heard about his news, the news of his death, he quickly remembered something that happened two years ago, 1893, when Bishop Hill, F. Hill, and a team of missionaries we are coming to take over from Ajay crowd after Ajay crowd that died in 1891, December 31. This man arrived in Lagos, 13th December. 5th January the next year, the man died. 6th January the same, day, the same year, that is a day after his wife died. 17th January of the same year, another member of the team died. 21 January of the same year, the same month, another member of the team died. 27 January of the same year, the same month, January, another team member died until six of them, remaining only one girl. And this girl was taken back quickly to London. But, do you know what shocked me? The same girl that was taken back quickly to London after she recovered still decided to come back to this evil land. This was somebody, I said, had actually sacrificed herself for the salvation of other people. I have, I commend this church. I know about so many of the activities you are doing in the hinterland. I have been part of going to open the church that you planted in the hinterland. It's a very beautiful thing. But I can tell you that you may contribute all those things. If you have not given your life to Jesus, the scripture says it is not a pleasing and reasonable service. First of all, the, what God wants is your heart. When you give it, I thank God for the message he gave to us this morning. I am here. The assurance of his presence. The second one says, give your heart. Give your heart unto the Lord. When you give your heart, child of God, God will now do something that you cannot do for yourself, for you. When after the kingdom is heard all this, look at what he said. I just copied it the way he said it. Oh, May God make me ready. Oh, may God prepare me. He was writing that as a letter to his parents at home. Oh, may God make me ready to answer gladly when I hear my name. Because he was already thinking that if a bishop could die in mission, his wife would die. This other person died. This, it is not my turn. I am waiting. He was really waiting for it. 
He said, Oh, make me ready to answer gladly when I hear my name. Lord, prepare me to meet thee. I said, this is a very strong heart of mission. Lord, prepare me to meet thee. Praise the Lord. How many of us are here who are prepared to surrender their lives to Jesus? Even if I stop here, I am sure that if I begin to talk about how to give and where, what to give, is all that you have been hearing. Even if I stop this message here, I, will be, I, I have been fulfilled. How many of us are willing, sincerely, from the depth of your heart, child of God, as we thank God for the 13th year of this chapel, so that today you can say, it was the day when we were celebrating the 13th anniversary of the chapel of his resurrection, that I surrendered my life to Jesus. It will be remarkable in heaven. The scripture says that there is joy not just ordinary joy, but great joy in heaven with the repentance, with the coming back of one soul unto heaven, unto God. Praise the Lord. I will still give you the opportunity later. Consider it in your heart. Whether this issue of your being a truly born again child of God is an experience you have already had, or is it an experience you are hearing about? Somebody approached me sometime and said, Sir, you know you are a teacher in theology. And I want to come to you so that you will teach me about God. That he read, googled the meaning of theology and it says, study of God. He said, I want you to teach me about God. I told him, if you are coming, we are not going to teach you about God. We will teach you God. Because teaching you about God is going round about God. Round about. Is, is it true? Going about God. You will never be able to touch God if you go about Him. But if you know Him personally, like Paul will always desire and say that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That I may also share in his suffering, being made conformable unto, his, unto him. Child of God, there is nothing else you can offer to God. Your money is important to God for missions. Good. But your heart is more important to God for missions. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's go back to where we read our first lesson. So that we see how we can offer our resources and what we will do in order to receive the blessings after we have given our lives and then begin to offer our resources. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 and 5. Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 and 5. And then we shall read 21 and 22. Verse 4 and 5 says, And Moses spake unto all the congregation. As I'm speaking to this congregation this morning, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing 
which the Lord commanded. What the Lord is commanding us today, first is that you give your life to Him. Two, saying, take from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. Look at verse 21. And there came everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garment. Verse 22. And there came both men and women, as many as were willing hearted, if you look at these two passages, there, are, there is something that keeps on running through it. Willing heart. Willing hearted. It's not by coercion. So when we are bringing our lives, it's not something that you are going to do because maybe you are afraid of going to hell. Child of God, if it is the only reason why you want to give your life to Jesus, that you don't want to go to hell, it is not a holistic reason. One major reason is that you give your life to Jesus in order that you may be able to present a sacrifice which is holy, which is acceptable, so that when you bring your offering here, God will receive it with joy. When the Lord was speaking to us through the prophecy this morning, He says, I am here. I have come to receive your thanks offering. That's the way I want to put it in my own language. In my own understanding. I have come. I am here. Those of us who were earlier heard it. And if God is here, it means, child of God, that when you offer yourself willingly, from a willing heart, that is when your sacrifice will be acceptable, will be called a holy sacrifice, it will be a reasonable service unto God. Look at that verse 22. And he says, As many as were willing hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets and jewels of gold and everything, every man that offered, offered an offering. Hey, when I read this one, I said, This is a beautiful word of God. And every man that offered, offered an offering. An offering of gold unto God. I began to say that there is nothing we can even give to God. Because first of all, He gave Himself. He gave His only begotten Son. So whatever we think we have is an offering in appreciation for what He has first of all given to us. And everyone that offered Offered an offering of gold. Offering that is acceptable. Offering that is holy. Offering that could be called sacrificial. Offering that is a reasonable service. Is an offering that is offered as an offering unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and all other things. Look at verse 29. And the scripture said, the children of Israel brought 
a willing offering unto the Lord every man and woman whose heart was willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hands of Moses. Do you know that the greatest place, the best place where you can invest your resources is in a place like this where there is mission consciousness. It's not in a place where perhaps your name will be put on the platter of gold and people will be celebrating you that you have done this and done that. It's in a place where your money will be used in saving souls of perishing human beings. I heard a story, very painful story of a young man who left from this country. And when he got to America, he left as a Christian child of a Christian parent. And he decided to be going to church when he reached there. As he was there, incidentally he discovered that he was almost only the black person that was attending that church. And when he looked around, he noticed that it was mostly elderly people that was in that church. But he decided that he wouldn't stop going to church because he had been groomed from childhood that he should be going to church. So one day, he was sitting in church. After service, an old woman walked up to him and said, Young man, where are you from? He said, I'm from Nigeria. What are you doing here? He said, I came to church to come and do what? Can you look around? Look around. Is there anybody of your age who is here? Why don't you go and look for something you can do to help yourself? And this young man, as a result of that wrong counsel from the pit of hell, changed his way of life. Stopped going to church. Decided not to invest in the church again. So the person telling this story told me that when he came back from America, you know, sometimes when we see people who come back from such places, we think that they have a lot of money in their pocket and they want to throw it around. And so this young man, being a pastor, rushed to him to assist him in the building of the church he was doing. Do you know what this young man told him? I will not give my money to anything called church. He said, for what? Are you not a Christian again? I know your father. I know this. I know this. I know that you left this place as a Christian. He said, I can't give my money again to anything called church. If you want me to give my money for maybe civic center, I can do that. That is where the society will know I have done something. I said, that is the devil walking in the life of this young man. There is no better place to invest your money, invest your gold, your silver, other than in a place where it will be invested in saving souls. The Bible said they did it from a willing heart. Those who offered, offered an offering of gold. So how do we do the offering? We do it willingly. Not grudgingly. Not by coercion. Not by force. We do it from the depth of our heart. If you look at verse 36, chapter 36, verse 5, you will see that 
it got to a point because of the willingness of the heart of the people, they had much more than enough. Verse 4 and 5. And all the wise men that wrote all the works of the sanctuary came, every man from the work which they made, and they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. The people have brought in more than we need. I trust the Lord that after you have given your life to Him, it's not only that you will give willingly. This house of God, I know you are going into somewhere in Ihuabara, already doing a mission there. That mission there is not being done with empty hand. It has to be sponsored with some funds. It has to be sponsored by human resources. But we need more than enough. There are many places to be untouched. I can tell you that not far away from here, not up to 10 miles away from here, there are places where if you preach the message of salvation, born again, people will be looking at you as if, is this one coming from the moon or is he stupid? I know of a place nearby here where somebody was willing to give a land free of charge to the Muslims. But the Anglican church wanted to buy a land because another denomination is predominant in that place. They said over their dead body. They refused it with their strength. It took using second bypassing, going through people and somebody buying the land on his name and reselling it to the church. That was how we were able to buy a land there. Not more than 10-15 miles away from here. So, the harvest is plenty. Souls to be one are there yearning for God. How many of us are willing to make ourselves available? Willingness. Willingness. Because the offering they made were of gold, of silver, and of precious stones. I consider this gift, their offering, a very costly offering. And can I tell you that when you are making any offering, it must be something that will cost you something. David in First Chronicles chapter 21 verse 24. When he was building the house of God, somebody said, let me give it, give you my land free of charge. Let me do it. A man called Arana. The Bible said that David said to him, no, I will not use God to take what belongs to you. And I will not offer unto God that which did not cost me anything. Any offering we are making that did not cost us anything is not a sacrifice. It's not something that is acceptable. It's not something that is a reasonable service. Unfortunately, in this part of the world, we think that giving God the lowest denomination of our money is how to offer unto God. We think that giving God what we don't need is an offering to God. But I can tell you that there is nobody here like our bishop who usually say, nobody here recharges his phone with less than 100 naira. But there are so many people today, Christians, born again, who casually 
without any prick in their heart, come and drop 20 naira before God. It's not a measure of amount, but the measure of how costly that thing you have given to God is to you. I had an experience sometime when I was very much younger as a curate in MNM. But I finished serving in MNM and went to school and then I was posted to the cathedral. And I will not easily forget that experience. When I was in the cathedral, then some, some people bought me jetta for my work. And I started using the jetta. But there was that family that I was so close to when I was in MNM. I felt that I should go and inform them that God has blessed me with a mobility. Let me go and inform them. And this family is the family of a widow with little children. I had 500 naira in my pocket. That time, fuel was selling for 11 naira a liter. So I was going to MNA, having driven that my car for at least one full day on red line of a reserve. My fuel has gone into reserve. For one full day, I was driving it. So I was taking a risk. So I said, let me go and share with these people the testimony of what the Lord has done for me. And when I was going, I had this 500 naira home and abroad. There was none else, even in the bank. I said to myself, when I go, I will use it to buy fuel. So that I will now drive back home safely. When I got to this woman's house, she was not there. The little children were there. Hey, daddy, daddy, they were clustering around me. And I asked them. They said, mommy just went away and uh, we don't know where she went to. So, I stayed very briefly with the little children. And said, let me pray for you people before I go. So, as I was praying, I didn't know that the woman tiptoed and entered into the room. And was standing before, behind us. And immediately, I finished praying and said, in Jesus name. I heard an adult voice. Amen. I turned and said, ah, you are back? She said, yes. She hadn't known the reason for which I came. I said, I just came to park in Iraq and then God is great. Hey, she was just rejoicing. After rejoicing, she gave sign to the eldest of the children who was around 10, 12. The child ran away to go and get me something. I didn't know. So by the time I was still discussing with the woman, the, man, the little child came in. And the woman said, I said, huh? I won't drink. She said, no, you must drink. She persuaded me. And I was drinking. As I was drinking that mud, there was a ministration in my heart. You can't pray for these little children. Drink their mouth and go away like this. You must give them something at least for biscuits. But men and brethren, I had only one note of 500 naira and my mind was already set on using it to buy fuel so that I don't get stopped along the road. Hey. My heart began to beat. I said, give it to them. The other one said, don't give it to them. Give it to them. Don't give it to them. 
There was that struggle. I'm talking about something costly to you. Incidentally, I began to say, but you are a Christian. It may be God speaking to you. Give this thing. And I was looking, it would look shameful for me to say, Madam, you will change. Can we kick this money? I can't do that. I can't tell the money. I can't begin to look for change so that I will give one part and take part. Hey, it's not easy to obey the Holy Spirit too. But it's very joyful to obey the Holy Spirit. So when immediately I succumbed under the influence of the Spirit of God and brought this money. In fact, I was even praying in my heart, may God reject it. <laughs> As I was bringing out the thing, the little one among them quickly came to me and collected it and was thanking me and running away immediately. Hey! My heart was just pounding. Boom, boom. How do I get back to? Or should I go and start borrowing money now? What do I do? But I can tell you, child of God, God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. This thing I was afraid of, that my car would stop me along the road, never came. I drove and drove and I drove and drove and drove as I was coming to the gate of the cathedral church of the Good Shepherd. My heart did. <sighs> Even if this car stops here, I can now push it down to my, my house. And do you know, brethren, immediately I got to the gate, the car stopped. I cleared. Tried to start it. Tried to start it. It was full. The thing had stopped. I just cleared it. Called students from the Good Shepherd Seminary. Brethren, please, come, come, come. Come and help me. They pushed it. And pushed it down to my house. I wind up. Do you know that as I walked into my house, God, who is beyond our understanding, who is far more than we can think, in 2002 was this thing happening on. So for you to get the kind of money I will be calling now in 2002, I was quickly a rich man then. Immediately I came into the house. My younger sister living with me ran into her own room and said, Brother, somebody came home. And I said, Who is that? He said, That brother Mike, the Mike you have, you have been talking about, that brother Mike is now late. Now, he brought the complimentary card of brother Mike. At the back of it, Brother Mike wrote, Reverend, I heard some people bought your car. I would have loved, I should have loved to be part of it. But since I was, please take this as fuel money. Do you know I was struggling with 500 naira in the house of a widow? But do you know the envelope he, the man kept for me without my knowing what was happening there was 10,000 naira. In 2002, a pastor touching 10,000 naira. That pastor is a rich pastor. And I said, God, is that how you walk? When you give a costly gift unto God, when that gift has pained you in your heart, you don't know how to give it, but you decide to give it because it is, because it is God you are giving it to. It's not man. It's not the chaplain. It's not the Okotuku. It's not anybody. You have a conviction. This gift is unto the Lord and for His service. You give it. When you do such gift giving, 
there is precious blessing in it. Blessing you cannot imagine. If I give us opportunity one by one now, many of us will have similar testimonies to share. What the Lord has done when you have given a costly sacrifice. Let's quickly move over to Second Corinthians where we read and I will conclude now and ask you to reconsider that issue we talked about. Surrendering your life. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Another way by which we can meet our God with thanksgiving is by giving bountifully. If you read verse 6, in fact, if you read verse 5, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren, as I'm exhorting you now, that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might, the same might be ready as a matter of bounty. Another translation, the one the person that read the second lesson used, said as a matter of generosity. Giving unto God generously, bountifully. It's not sparingly. It's not giving God what you think is not as important to you. But giving bountifully. In verse 7. That's another way by which we can give to God. Every man According to, according as he purposed in his heart. We must give purposefully. We don't give because others are giving. We don't give because it's a ritual. We give because we know that giving is unto God to appreciate him for what he has done for us. Giving purposefully from our heart. Not by persuasion. I think that the purpose for which we are asking for thanksgiving every day, every year, is not because if we don't do it, the church will not continue. But there are reasons, the purpose. Tomorrow this church will start a mission outreach. And already they are involved in one at somewhere. The purpose of this thanksgiving is for us to be able to generate the resources with which this mission works can be done, and the name of the Lord will be glorified. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible said in that verse 7, and every man according as he has proposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We should also give cheerfully. We shouldn't give as if we are giving God what he does not have. What is it that man has? What is it that we can even give that we did not receive from the beginning? We give it because it is a gift originally from God. And that is why we should give it cheerfully. When we do so, God in his mercy will bless us. Praise the Lord. Let me read verse 9 and 10 and conclude and then ask you to make a decision. Verse 9 and 10 is the blessing that comes from giving to God willingly, giving to God generously, bountifully, and giving to God cheerfully, giving to God purposefully. Verse 9 says, He had dispersed abroad. He had given to the poor. His righteousness remained forever. None he that ministered seed to the sower 
both the both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed soul and increase the fruits of your righteousness. What we give according to these five major ways we mentioned purposefully, willingly, cheerfully, bountifully, costly, and even generously, God will multiply your means. He's not a debtor. He's not a liar who will say, come and give. Unfortunately, some people, some preachers had also made an abuse of this blessing of God in giving back. They now do it as if, if you don't, if you do this, God will do this. As if God is with this, they are with this. That is not the God we worship. The God we worship is the one that when you bring from the depth of your heart, when you willingly give to him, it is now left for him. He may not give you back in cash. He may not give you back in car. He may not give you back in money. He knows how best and where best to reward your work of righteousness. Child of God, as I conclude now, can I challenge you once again? Have you ever had the privilege, the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus? This Jesus who first of all surrendered his life. Have you ever done that? If you have never done that, today is an opportunity for you. You can do that. And God will honor your offering today in a very special way. You can do that. And God will do something for you that you can never forget. One of our priests who worked with us at ITM, the day he was preaching in our chapel lab, he told us a story. He said a young man came to the church where the man of God preached very powerfully. And after preaching, the man of God called for altar call. Made an altar call. Those who want to give their lives to Jesus, those who want to surrender completely to him, can you stand up? And the man stood up. After he stood up, the man of God said, can you come forward to the altar? Let's pray for you. The man still went to the altar. You know, sometimes when we say, can you stand up, let's pray for you, people will do it as if they are hiding. If you are hiding, it is not from the heart. It's not willingly. It's, you are doing it as if you are looking at people. The matter of salvation is not something you look at another person and see whether somebody is watching you or not. It's something you take a decision. Look, it's a, a matter of eternity. So when this young man came out, the man of God prayed for him. After praying for him, the man of God called for offerings at the end of the program and said, those of us who are God's children, everything we have belongs to God. Bring your offerings. And the young man said, when I have surrendered my life, the only money in my pocket is the money with which I will transport myself back to my house. But how can I surrender myself but I'm not willing to surrender my money because I want to have the reserve. With, I want to have the money I will transport myself back to the house with. The young man took a decision. Brought that transport money and gave to God. And as he was trekking back, he unfortunately went into the midst of armed robbers who were 
along the road who had blocked the road. As he was walking, he heard a voice. Hey, stop there. Stop there. He stopped. Come here. He walked up to them. If you move, we shoot you. We kill you. The man looked at them. I was watching. They said, we're not talking to you. Bring that money in your pocket. The man said, I don't even have any money in my my pocket. If If you don't bring that money, we'll shoot you. He said, I am not. My life has been given to Jesus. It is not me who owns my life now. The young man, the armed robber said, Where is the money? He said, I have also given every money to Jesus. We will kill you if you, start, you keep on talking like that. The man said, I'm already a dead man because I gave my life to Jesus. And I died with him. And the preacher said, he had, I have been crucified with Jesus. Child of God, have you been crucified with Jesus? Have you given your life to Jesus? According to that pastor that was preaching, he said, immediately the armed robbers heard all this. They said, this man may not be a human being, he may be a spirit. They left him and went away. And the young man started trekking back to his house. Even so shall the enemy not come near you. Because you have given your life to Jesus. Your life is hidden in Christ and Christ with God. No weapon of the enemy formed against you shall ever be prospered. Child of God, that is the benefit we have that you have surrendered your life. Can we stand up as we pray together? God is in the midst of his people. Today may be an opportunity for you to have an encounter with the Lord of life. To have your life transformed. Because in verse 2 he says, Be not conformed to the likeness of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is the Lord speaking to someone here? To surrender his life unto him. To offer his life as a living sacrifice. You cannot go out from here the same way as you came. You cannot just worship in this beautiful moment at the presence of God and return home the way you came. Irrespective of your profession, your position, your personality, what matters to God is your relationship with him. Can you make a decision now? If the Lord is laying in your heart to take a decision, you cannot, you cannot object to it. You cannot say no. Why not lift up your hands unto God? Just lift up your hands unto Him. God bless you. If you are here and you are God is still saying to you, lift up your hands and accept Him. Today is an opportunity. The Bible says, Today is the day of the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord. Call upon him when he is near and when he shall be seen. Thank God we have our fathers in faith who will pray for you in a very special way and God will touch your life. Chineke, the God of all creation, who has appointed to his people to go and present this gospel, the Bible says the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Here we have those whom you have selected from this congregation today, giving their lives 
to you. Please, those of you here who have come out, say after me, Heavenly Father, I have heard your voice today, and I am responding to you as I give my life wholly to you. Forgive my sins and write my name in the book of life. That at the end of time, when you call me back to yourself, I will be in heaven. The glory is your own. And the response is mine. Thank you for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Chineke. I lay my hands upon these your children. They are now your own creation. Bible says if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I lay my hands upon them. They are new creation. They are new people. Lord, accept them according to your word. They have come in response to the message. May your word be true. And everything about you in them continue to flourish. Now and forevermore. In the name of Jesus Christ. God take all the glory. We are happy to witness this harvest of souls. It is your doing. May they continue to stand for you. Let their testimony be true and the growth be steady through the ministry of this church. If they have come from outside, even where they have come from, God, minister to them one by one in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.